This is the World Industrial News for Thursday, July 7th, brought to you by Industrial and the Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part 10 of their podcast addressing climate change with the Internet of Things and AI. And I think if they went in and, and toured some of the ISOs that we have in the U.S., they would see very similar systems operating together today, but only for power, for electrical power. Right. But yeah. if then they walked over to the gas company, they would see a similar one for gas. And then if they looked at uh, some of these vendor-based uh, remote maintenance systems, they would see something based on equipment. The issue is that if you really want to have sustainability, you need all of the above. And so that's really, again, where the having a real robust data infrastructure helps you a lot because anything that needs the data can sign in and get the data it needs to do with function. And the data is not lost in these silos where it's been processed and ready to ready to go. Great. Anything to add on that, John? Yeah, I think the when you look across all the industries that you mentioned there, um, you know, there are a significant number of customers that are capturing that data already. And if they could just readily make that available to the center, um, cross their boundary into the center's boundary, I think that would open up a lot more opportunity that way and do it in a very easy way to integrate. You know, a lot of um, problems with large systems is the integration components. But given the fact that a lot, a lot of these leading industries are already our customers, that would allow them to bring that data in uh, very easily. And then you could worry about the remaining data to bring in uh, in a more difficult way. I, I would point out, too, if I could, that that really emphasizes a, a known uh, aspect of data that perhaps isn't that obvious and that is data is the only resource that the more people that consume it, the more valuable it gets. One and of my so by having the, ability, having the ability to share actually has a lot more people consuming the same data and increasing its value. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've been talking recently about the collective impact of our broad customer base and the amazing and immense savings on water and efficiency. So thank you so much, Pat. Um, thanks so much for joining us. And um, I really look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, John, as well. Thank you. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. The U.S. auto industry is at a crossroads. Vehicle sales are down sharply from the same period last year, yet manufacturers are selling their models at a brisk pace with little inventory buildup, according to the New York Times. The problem? the number of vehicles manufactured for sale is declining, partly due to supply chain obstacles affecting auto parts and computer chips. Thus, keeping existing facilities in top shape will be crucial for manufacturers across the industry. Industrial Info is tracking more than 300 maintenance-related projects at U.S. automotive industry plants that are set to begin construction in the third quarter. 
Crude oil prices failed to stage a recovery early Wednesday after recessionary fears led to steep losses in the previous session, though at least one analysis finds nothing much has changed apart from the mood. Volatility should be expected in the current market climate. There are supply chain concerns ranging from the war in Ukraine to underperformance among members of the organization of the petroleum exporting countries. On the other side of the equation, demand remains resilient despite looming fears of a recession. It was the latter force that sank the price of crude oil during the previous session. After the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta lowered its SNAP estimate of second quarter gross domestic product from minus 1% to minus 2.1%, the bottom fell out. And Chevron Phillips Chemical is planning to build a new poly-alpha olefins plant in Barrett in Belgium to meet growing global demand. The company, owned by Chevron Corporation and Philips 66, declined to say how much it plans to invest, but said the significant investment in the new plant would double the plant's PAO production capacity in Belgium to 120,000 tons per annum when commissioned in 2024. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrial info.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.